What's up, Coastal? Pastor TJ here, and we are so glad that you are joining us online this weekend for church. And man, I'm just telling you what, church, I miss you so much. I cannot wait for us to be back together, but I am excited that we are in this series called Freeway, which we began last week. And this series, I I believe, is a critical point in a critical series for us in our church. A couple weeks ago, Shayla and I got up here and said, you know what, the goal for all of us is that we don't walk out of this season of COVID-19, the same as when we went into it, but that we come out better in it. And I really believe that God wants to help us come out better and freer in this season. One of the reasons we're doing this series Freeway is so that we can all be working together uh, every single weekend on the same thing, but not only working on the weekend, but in our connect groups, all be on the same page. And so throughout the weeks, our connect groups are working through this book called Freeway and every single weekend's message is correlating with the chapters that are in the book. And so if you hadn't, haven't, haven't had a chance to dive into a connect group, I want to encourage you to do that because last week we dove in to the first chapter of the book and we talked about awareness. And we talked about the fact that one of the biggest problems that all of us have when it comes to our spiritual life, one of the biggest issues that we face is that we all have these spiritual blind spots in our lives. And the hard news for every single one of us and the truth about every one of us is that we don't really know the truth about us. We think we know things. We think we understand things. We think we've got it all going on and got it all together. But other people are seeing chinks in the armor. Other people are seeing issues in our lives that we're unaware of. And so therefore, we need awareness in life. And we said last week that awareness begins by acknowledging the mess that we have made of our life. But in the middle of that mess, healing begins when we give that mess to God. And I believe that God wants to take our mess and make something beautiful out of it. And over the next five weeks, we're gonna be diving into the rest of the steps to to hopefully get us to this place where we walk out of this season freer and more in love with God and better off as individuals. And this week, we're gonna be talking about the second chapter and we're gonna be talking about discovery. And so we're gonna dive in today talking about discovery because in order for us to... uh, discover some things in life in order for us to ultimately walk in freedom. One of the things that we have to do is we have to face our fears. We have to look at the lies that we have been believing in life. We've got to uncover some hurts and some pain from our past. We've got to open up doors in life that maybe we have shut a long time ago and said, man, I don't ever want to go back into that door because there's a monster behind that door. Some of us have some things lurking in the dark that we're like, man, we don't ever want that exposed to life. But here's what I know about the monsters that are in the dark, they will still haunt you until you get into the light. And so the hope here is is that, man, we'll bring those things out into the light of God and allow him to start to help us discover maybe what it is and why it is that we do some of the things that we do in life. And today I want to start in a passage in Psalms 139. If you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles there as you're watching in your home or on your mobile device or online, they'll put a link there in the notes where you can click and follow along with us. And there, this verse in 139, in Psalms 139, often gets misquoted and misread so many times, and it gets taken out of context and misinterpreted, and it gets quoted as this. It gets quoted as, search me, God. 
Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. In other words, the idea when you quote it like that is we are inviting God to search us. We're inviting God to know us and to discover us. The problem with that perspective is is when you look at it in context, in verse 1, it says something kind of different. It says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all of my ways. Before a word was on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. So the truth of Psalm 139 is that God has already searched you. The truth of Psalm 139 is that God already knows you. And the invitation here is not so much inviting God to search you because in all honesty, the Bible says, you have already searched me, Lord. The invitation really is, is God, would you help me know me? Because the truth about me is I don't really know the truth about me. And the truth is, if I try to face the truth without God, and many of us have tried to face the truth of our lives without God, and what ends up happening when we do that is a lot of times we end up in a pretty destroyed and disastrous situation. But here's what I know. If we face the truth of our lives with the love of God in our life, what I know is healing is possible for your life and for mine. And honestly, that is what discovery is all about. It's getting to the place where we begin to open up our eyes and open up our hearts to the truth of where you go, God, I need your healing in my life. And so what I wanna do here today is is I wanna invite you to participate with me. In fact, I have a couple of participants that are gonna make their way up here with me. And here's what I need you to do. If you're at home right now or you're not in your car driving, and if you're in your car driving, I do not need you to participate. But if you're at home right now, here's, here's what I need you to do. I have two lovely ladies up here. Say hi, ladies. Just wave to everybody. Aren't they wonderful? Uh, this is Caitlin, our, 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 our kids director. And this is Susie, our student director. They are the dynamic duo here at Coastal Community Church. They have great smiles. They're lots of fun. They love the next generation. We're so thankful for them. But here is what I know. Uh, Here's what I need you to do. I need you to pick up your foot. Pick up your foot and just hold it out. Put it out front. Put it out front. Put it to the back. Put it out front. Put your right foot in. Put right foot out. Put right foot in and shake it off. No, we're not going to do that. Okay. Okay. You can put your foot down. So, so it's pretty easy for y'all to just, to just go up on one leg. Go ahead and go up on one leg. 
Just go up and go ahead and one leg. No problem at all. You, you guys have pretty good balance. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, Susie doesn't quite have as much balance. She's dealing with your kids. They've thrown her out of whack. Okay. Uh, so, so, but here's what I need you to do. Not only do these ladies are going to do it here, but I need you at home right after they do it to do this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes and try to stand up on one foot again. <laughs> so, so a little bit harder there, ladies. Okay, I, you guys are failing miserably. Stop holding on to each other. Okay, okay. So, so, so everybody at home, did you try that as well? Because here's what I know. Here's what I know. It's really easy when you can see to balance, right? You, you can put your arms out. You know exactly where it is. But the moment you close your eyes, the, the equilibrium gets off. Like you don't, like you are searching and looking for something to grab. In fact, if, if you ladies can just kind of circle me real quick, just kind of walk in a circle. You guys are awesome at this. Aren't they doing a great job? Everybody at home is. <laughs> but here's what happens. What happens in life is that a lot of us, we're off balance. We've got things that are impacting us. And all of a sudden, when we stop being aware and start, stop wanting to discover what's happening in our lives, these things that are circling us, in a psychological term, they call them medication. And so what happens is, is when you're off balance, what you're doing is you're reaching out for another pill. You're reaching out for another bottle. You're looking for more exercise. You might reach out for an inappropriate relationship in that time. Why? Because you're trying to medicate something that is going on inside of you that has thrown you off balance and you're trying to bring some sort of stability to your life. And so many of us look to things that are so unhealthy, not that these ladies are unhealthy, to medicate us in life. And you know what? It's not just psychology that talks about this. The Bible actually talks about this. The Bible doesn't refer to it as a medicator. The Bible actually refers to it as an idol. Which is anything that you have put in at the place that you should be putting God in. And so what happens is when I'm unstable in my relationships and I look for somebody else to bring me value and worth instead of God, all of a sudden that becomes my idol. When I'm, in a rela- when I'm going through life and, and all of a sudden I feel like there's not enough money and all of a sudden all I think about is money. I'm like, I need more and more money. All of a sudden money has become my idol instead of God who is my source of everything. You ladies, thank you so much for helping me out. Go ahead and give them a, a round of applause there at home. And here's what I know. When we're off balance in life, we start reaching for anything. And here's what I hope, is I hope this image will stay with you because here's what I want us to do in life. I don't want us to close our eyes and be reaching for any medicator. I want us today to open our eyes so that we can begin the discovery phase in our life, so that we can see the things that are circling our lives that we're grabbing out towards, hoping that they'll bring fulfillment and worth and value in a season that we should be reaching out to God in. And so how do you open your eyes to the past, to what's going on around you, and to what's gonna happen in the future? I think it requires three things. It requires wisdom, courage, and faith. And I wanna talk to to you today about them as steps that we'll take. And so number one, if you're taking notes today, is you need to have the wisdom to face your past. 
You need to have the wisdom to face your past. If you've ever wondered why you continually make the same mistakes over and over and over again, sometimes you think, man, is it because I'm not disciplined enough? Is it because, um, you know, I, I don't want this change bad enough in my life? Is it because, like, I just am, am not willing to work hard enough in life? I would submit to you that it is not those things. The reason it, those things continually happen over and over and over again in your life is something so much different deeper than just a discipline issue. It isn't just an experience that you've had with one person. The reason you quit, keep struggling in your life and you're not seeing the change that you want to see uh, would, would hover around this follow-up question that I wanna ask you is, 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 is what is happening that I'm holding on to from my past? Like, why do I keep repeating this? What is there in my past that I'm holding on to that causes me to continually do this same thing over and over and over again? Around here at Coastal, we, we say it like this all the time. Your past is not your past if it's still impacting your present. And so whether your pain is close to the surface or whether it's buried deep down inside of you, if you have not properly dealt with that, that pain is always gonna continually cripple you and keep you from becoming the person that God has called you to be. And here's what I know is that everyone needs healing. Everyone. Everyone has been hurt, Listen, there's not a single person that is gonna escape this world without some sort of emotional bruising and battering along the way. And if you haven't dealt with hurt from your past, listen, that hurt is gonna continue to impact every single thing in your life. And one of the biggest lies that we have bought into as human beings is we think that we can isolate our pain that we can hide our pain. And we think, man, you know what? I'm really, really good at putting my pain in my past and just ignoring it and, and, just, and just putting it off to the side and acting like it never happened. It, it doesn't have any impact. It's not gonna do anything in my life anymore. But here's what I know. If you don't learn to transform the pain, you're just going to continually transfer it to everyone else. Why? Because so many of us are fooling ourselves and thinking that it's not impacting us. But listen, if you don't learn to transform that, you're just going to transfer it to somebody else. And this is such a biblical principle. You, you that hurt that you picked up in childhood, you know what? If you don't learn how to transform that pain, if you don't allow a God to, to work in that pain, you know what you'll do? You'll just continually hurt people in your life. If, if that marriage that failed, if you don't deal with that pain, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna bring that failure into the next marriage and it's going to impact it. That, that toxic that you picked up from your parents. If you don't learn how to do it, transform that pain, you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna bring that toxicity to your children. Oh, we just got real right now because some of you are starting to see habits that are in your life, in your children's life right now. And you're like, oh no, son, don't do that. And you're saying, don't do what I say instead of how I live my life because they see it in your life every single day. Have you ever responded in a situation and just like blown up in a situation where you're like, where in the world did that come from? 
Like why in the world did I go crazy in that situation and just like totally over respond for that moment? Like it was totally uncalled for, it was unnecessary. The reason you responded that way is because you're not just responding to that circumstance, you're responding to that pain in the past that is just being elevated and magnified in that circumstance. And because you have not dealt with that pain in your past, you've catapulted and added pain after pain after pain on top of it. And so when that minor thing happened, an over explosion transformed out of you. Why? Because your past is not your past if it's still impacting your present. And all of that stuff that is in your life, it is multiplying in your life. And so we transfer it from one marriage that's failed to the next marriage. We transfer that pain from one friendship to the next friendship. According to the Bible, we can transfer it from one generation to the next generation if it's never dealt with. And listen, church, we're dealing with some really, really serious stuff. So whether it's the secret sin in your life that nobody knows about or that broken marriage that you went through or it was the sexual abuse you suffered as a child or it was that moment that you discovered the brokenness within your family or whether it was that coach that said those demoralizing and demeaning words to you or whether it was those bullies in high school that picked on you every single day of your freshman year. Or that critical, overbearing, loved one in your life. Listen, any and all of these things can and will impact your life if you don't deal with them properly. And listen, if you don't open your eyes, you're almost doomed to repeat it over and over and over again. And these are the kind of things that, church, they happen when we close our eyes. And honestly, it seems natural to close our eyes because when we close our eyes, we don't have to think about those things. We don't have to deal with those things. We can ignore those things. And we go, man, I don't want to deal with that junk that happened in my past. I don't want to think about the things that I've done that have led me to feel guilty. I don't want to think about what's happened in my past that has made me feel ashamed in life. And, and, and it's so easy to close your eyes, but here's what I want us to do is I want us to open up our eyes today and discover and start to connect the dots of our past to our present so that we can have the wisdom to, to realize that we don't have to stay in that same place. And so when we discover the wisdom, number two, you need to have the courage to deal with it. You need to have the courage to go, you know what, it's okay to not be okay. We say that around here all the time. It's okay to not be okay. Now, the question is, is do we really believe that? Because having the awareness to deal with the present honestly does not not come easy. You know what does come easy? Denial. You know what else comes easy? Covering it up. Why? Because we're embarrassed or we're ashamed. And honestly, that is what is easy 
in life. And if we were talking about this topic anywhere else but church, it would probably be easier. But here's what I know is that, uh, you know, I, I come from an addiction background. And, uh, and, and knowing what addiction is, if you've ever been an addict of some sort, you've probably been to an AA meeting. And I wish the church was more like an AA meeting because what happens inside of the church is we come into a community where everyone's welcome because nobody's perfect and anything's possible. But in the middle of that statement, what we all do is we all come in and we all put on masks. We all put on fronts and say, this is who I want you to perceive me to be. This is who I want you to think that I am. And, and so what we do is we come into the place where we're supposed to be the most real and authentic and courageous. And what we do is we actually ask act like we're the biggest posers because we're not being real. And what I love about an AA meeting is that everybody comes in there at the same level. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, you're black or you're white, you, you've got it going on or you don't. Why? Because everybody walks in knowing that I've got something I gotta deal with, I've got an issue and I need some help dealing with it and I need some other people around me that will love me through it. If that isn't the picture of what the church should be, I don't know what is. It needs, we need to be a place where we have the courage to deal with that no matter how hurt we are or how lonely we are or, or the, 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 how broken we are because the truth about all of us is that we all have got issues. I've got issues. Listen, I know you don't think you have issues and if you don't think you have issues, that's your issue because we all have issues and we've created these environments where we put on these fronts and we just need to be real. And so we come into church and we put on these fronts and it begs me to question, do you really want change? Or do you just want the appearance that you're trying to change? And I don't know about you, but I want change in my life. I don't just want to put on the coat and act like I got it all together when I don't. And my greatest fear is that some of you are just okay with the appearance of looking like you're trying to change. You have the appearance, but you have no true intention in your heart. And if we want to get to this place where we see true transformation inside of us, we have to get to this place where our desire to transform is greater than our desire to hide. It's so much greater than to run away. Because as long as your desire to hide is greater than your desire to transform, things in your life are just honestly never going to change. And I love Genesis chapter 3. It explains so much of the human nature. And this is about the fall of, uh, uh, of Adam and Eve in the very beginning. And it says in Genesis chapter 3 verse 7, it says, then the eyes of both of them were opened. It says there, there was a moment where their eyes were closed, they were closed shut, and then all of a sudden, they're going through denying reality, denying the brokenness of their life, pretending. They opened their eyes, and immediately, what does the Bible say? 
says they realized they were naked. Another version says, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness. Listen, church, if you have the courage to open up your eyes and to take a real look at what's happened in your past and what's taking place in your present, often the immediate response is going to be shame. And so immediately you open up your eyes and you feel guilt for what you did in the past or shame from what happened to you in the past. And so what do they do? They sow fig leaves and they cover themselves. So they open their eyes and immediately what do they do? They begin to cover themselves. In other words, they begin to close their eyes again. Because honestly, they just can't really deal with the reality of what has happened or what they just saw. And honestly, if this message runs right now, this does no good for any of us. Because just exposing our sin and making us feel guilty and shameful doesn't really help anybody. But that's also why step number two is so important. Because in order to discover, you gotta have the wisdom to face the past and you have to have the courage to face the present and deal with it. And number three, you need to have the faith that healing is going to happen in your life. This week I had the opportunity to talked to a friend of mine who's a pastor who, uh, who screwed up really bad. Uh, he'd actually been screwing up for a while, but uh, just recently it, it got exposed and, uh, and nobody would argue or debate that, that he screwed up and he screwed up bad. And I, I had the opportunity to talk with him for the, for the first time after watching him just get beat up and pummeled on social media, on platforms, you know, just just attacked on so many fronts and avenues in life. And, uh, and so many people honestly thought he was way better than that. But I'm just here to tell you the reality is, is nobody is better than that. We're all sinners. There's not a single one of us that is not a sinner. And I was texting with him on Monday and uh, I just said, hey, I, I want you to know two things. Number one, I love you. It's important for you to know that, man, I, I, I love you. And that love is no strings attached. Like, whether you love me back, whether you respond back to me, I don't really care. Like, I just want you to know I love you. And number two, I want you to know that I believe that healing is possible. And I believe that 100% for him. And uh, I really do. I believe that is 100% true for you. I believe that that is 100% true for me. No matter what's happening to them, no matter what's happening around them, I don't think anyone can drift too far that they can't find healing and hope again through Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and, and you're listening online to this message and you've screwed up and we're not here to debate that you screwed up because if you think you screwed up, I'm pretty sure you probably screwed up. If you ha don't think you've screwed up, that's probably your screw up. But more importantly than me telling you I love you, here's what you need to hear. God loves you. God has already searched you. 
and knows you. That's what it says in Psalms 139. He's already looked at all that mess that you created. He's already looked at it and said, you know what? I love them in spite of every single aspect of that. There is not more love because you're better or worse than you are right now. I love you just as much if you were perfect right now as broken as you are. And he cannot love you any more than how much he loves you right here, right now, in this moment, as you're watching online. God is saying to you, man, I love you with an everlasting love. No strings attached. And the second thing I want you to know is that healing is possible. And church, I believe that with every ounce of my heart. Because there is something intrinsically broken within the human psyche of every single one of us. And, uh, and so many of us have screwed up in so many different ways. And we know that no matter how much human effort we put towards not screwing up, we still have a tendency to screw up. And the problem is, is sin. It's my brokenness, it's your brokenness. And here's what I know about your sin and my sin, it is extremely, extremely complex. That's why Jesus comes. God comes in the form of his one and only son to heal the sick, to Help those that are struggling with their sin. In fact, Jesus said, I didn't come for the healthy, but I came for those who aren't pretending like they got it all together. And you know the person that Jesus loves to set free? You. Me. You know how he does that? It's called the cross. It's on the cross that Jesus gets exposed. What's he exposed to? Your sin, my sin, to the things in your past that have left you feeling guilty, to the things that have happened to you that have heaped loads and loads and loads of shame on your life. And on the cross, he takes all of that burden. On the cross, he takes all of your story and puts it into his story so that your story can be a story of redemption. Your story can be a story of freedom. And so maybe you got online today thinking, man, I'm just going to watch another church service and I'm going to feel some doom and I'm going to feel some gloom. But deep down, you desperately wanted another chance. Even though you don't feel like you deserve one. And let's be honest, maybe you don't deserve another chance. But that is the beauty of the grace of Jesus. Because anytime there are strings attached to grace, it ceases to be grace. And so what that means is that God will give you a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a 400th chance, a 10,000th chance. Why? Because healing is always possible. And I've learned that time does not heal all wounds, but God does heal wounds. And maybe you're here today watching online 
because you believe that healing is possible and that freedom is possible. Romans chapter 8 says this. It says, in all things, we are more than conquerors. And I want you to know this today, church. You are more than a conqueror. Not because there's anything great in you. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It says, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that can separate you from him. That is why healing is possible. And it's possible for you today because God is bigger than your history. And honestly, he's a lot more concerned with your destiny. And your job today is to just come. It's just to come to him. It's to come to him and bring your past. It's to come to him and bring your present. It's to come to him and bring your future and say, God, man, I'm, I'm just going to bring all of me to you just as I am. And I believe that through your son, you can change and transform everything. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Father God, I thank you that we are more than conquerors through Christ who lives and reigns inside of us. And there are so many of us that we have had our eyes shut for so long in life. And we've been reaching out for so many different medicators. And my prayer today is that, God, that you would open up our eyes, that you would open up our eyes to see all the things that we have been reaching for, longing and hoping for that would bring us hope and peace and joy and would bring us healing and restoration. And we would see that none of those things can do what only you and your son Jesus can do in our lives. And God, that right now, instead of reaching out for another pill or another bottle or another relationship, God, we would reach out to you and go, God, we need you right now. I need you to come into my life and I need you to heal me and forgive me and set me free. Don't let me continue to hide things in the closet. But God, I wanna open up the doors and allow your light to expose all the darkness because here's what I know. When roaches are around and it's dark, the moment light comes on, all the those things scatter. And God, I pray right now that as your light exposes things in our lives, that we would start to discover the crevices and the nooks that have been hiding there and being detrimental to our lives. And that God, you would start to eradicate those things in Jesus' name. And maybe you're out there today and you've never began a relationship with this God that loves you so much that he would send his son to show you the ultimate look of love, that he would give up his greatest prize his son for your life and mine. And maybe you need to discover that today. And it begins with a simple prayer of you saying, God, I need you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to this world to come to this earth and live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death on the cross, a death that I deserved. That was my sin. That was my shame. That was my guilt. That was my pain that he took so I wouldn't have to carry it any longer. Forgive me. Come into my life. Be my savior but also be my Lord. Change me. Transform me. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.
Church, man, I'm so excited for what God is doing in our lives in this season. I want to encourage you, get into a freeway connect group. Man, continue to engage online. I believe that our best days are ahead of us, and God is doing something incredible in each and every one of our lives. I cannot wait to be back with you next weekend, same time, same place, right here online. We love you, church.